0: ladies and gents, it's Justin Johnson on my academic integrity DD103 module. It's Friday, uh, Monday the 29th of November, 2021. We're investigating the social world. Um, just bear with me, two seconds. Just going online. It's up, uh, any moment, uh, hopefully, uh, uh, just going there now, we are going there, burn me two seconds. Bear with me. On the module DD103, investigating the social world. We're on the academic integrity of arts and humanities. On the module DD103. just try and load this up until so we're going live on air, like here we go. All these loading up and loading up a uh, cast box podcast anchor youtube it takes a moment to load up thank you all for tuning in today it's monday the 27th on the module dd103 investigating social world chapter three uh home ownership investment wealth and inequality Get for this reading we're on the introduction On the introduction, public policy towards housing has changed over time. For example, governments that were once big providers of housing as part of their social policy have encouraged the growth of non-profit housing associations and private sector landlords as an alternative sources of rented homes. Governments have also promoted home ownership, helped by the aspiration of many households to become owner-occupiers and their increasing scope for doing so as their incomes rise and the necessary mortgage loans become available. This chapter examines the causes and some of the consequences of rising owner occupation, which has been happening across a number of countries in recent decades. It pays particular attention to financial aspects of home buying and the collective result of treating housing as an asset. This chapter will explore the ways that households might gain economically from owning their homes and evidence that it is a motive for buying them. The theories and evidence that social scientists can use to test propositions on the causes and impacts of home buying behavior. The impact of property purchases on the inequality of wealth distribution. The wider economic impact of widespread house purchase and of bank lending to enable this including worsening affordability problems and financial sector instability section 1 renting or buying which do you prefer examines evidence for people preferring ownership to renting section 2 motives for, uh, for buying a home looks at possible social economic motives for wanting to own a home section 3 is there evidence that people buy houses as an investment considers the sources of evidence for people treating homes as an investment and not just a place to live section four housing and the distribution of wealth examines impact on wealth distribution when more middle-income households gain the opportunity to invest in housing. Section 5. Problems arising from housing and investment looks at the role of rising house prices driven by the investment motive in the making home ownership more difficult for younger households and in making financial sectors fragile and economic understandable. Renting or buying which which do you prefer? During the 20th century, an increasing number of households become owners of the homes they lived in. It's page 79, figure 3.1 shows changes in in the proportion of homes that were owner-occupied between 1985 and 2004 for various groupings of countries in the Organisation for Economic Cooperation and Development. The OECD, the proportion of the housing stock in owner-occupation rose everywhere although it remained much higher in Eastern and Southern Europe and in English-speaking countries, including the United States and the United Kingdom, than in the West-North Continental Europe. Proportional homes that were owner-occupied selected OECD countries, 1985 to 2004. Looking at the figures from Andrews at L2011, <laughs> FIGURE 6 the divisions between the divisions between owner-occupiers, people who own homes and tenants, people who rent their homes ver- uh, varies widely across regions, as figure 3.1 suggests, but as countries, national income, gross domestic product, or GDP, gross home ownership tends to increase in England and Wales. 64% of households owned their homes in 2011 outright with a mortgage, the remaining 36% were tenants, renting from private or social landlord. This was a uh, substantial turnaround for a century earlier. In 1918, 77% of households in England and Wales lived in rented homes, accommodation, and only 23% were owner-occupiers. The ONS 2013 is page 80. The number of people who own their home may be less than the number of those who wish to do so because many are wanting to buy, with circumstances around Table 3.1 summarised the results of a sur- survey conducted in the United Kingdom in 2011 by the pooling organisation commissioned by the Council of Mortgage Lenders (CML). A sample of 2056 adults were asked what type of tenor they have now and what type they expected to have in two years Time and in ten years' time. Um, look at people owning their house in preferred tenor in two years. Ninety-two own, owning. One private renting, one social renting, one relative friends owning. Ninety-one private renting, one and two social renting. Private renting, social renting, relative friends, and tenors. For, for People in this, in, in this sample selected to be a representative of the population as a whole. Home ownership was preferable to any type of renting. For the first row, shows that of those in the example, uh, sample who were already occupiers, 92% were expected to remain so in two years' time, and 91% in 10 years' time. The fourth row shows that of those who were living with relatives, including, patterns, par- including parents or friends, at the time of the survey. 48% aspired to be owner-occupiers within two years and 78% within 10 years. Page 81. Page 81, activity one. What does table 3.1 tell you about housing aspirations of those who were renting accommodation privately at the time of the survey did most of the households aspire Did most households aspire to move in home ownership in 2 years in 10 years time? The aspiration towards home ownership is equally clear among private tenants in the CML survey, especially in the longer term. 47% expect to be home owners in 2 years and 76% in 10 years. Only 37% expected still to be renting privately in 2 years and this proportion falls to 12% after 10 years for housing for social housing tenants in the survey the expectation of moving on to ownership is less strong for 48% still expected to be renting social housing after 2 years while 44% still expected to be living in social housing even after 10 years. While well, this might mean more than 40% of social housing tenants were happy with their present tenant type, it may also indicate that some were uh, resigned to in rented accommodation because of their social and financial situation. Regarding future ownership and unrealistic, rather than undesirable, more than one in three 36%, would prefer to be owner-occupiers in two years' time, and this proportion gro- uh, grows to 43% for the 10 year horizon unlike the INS data quoted earlier which comes from a census survey of the whole population the CML data comes from a sample of people and is a subject to error in statistical terms error is the difference between the true value of a viable and value obtained from observation of sampling the CML survey was also conducted online which may have had it harder to keep the example representative since around 25% of UK adults still had no fast broadband connection at the time of Ofcom 2014, it could also be argued that the CML, an association of financial companies offering mortgage loans, had a commercial interest in demonstrating suppressed demand for home loan buying. Though it used to be an independent firm, NewGov, to ensure the research was independent. Despite these uh, caveats, the survey provides evidence that most households. Prefer owner occupation to renting. It's page 82. Overall, 74% expected or aspired to own their home in two years. After a survey around 2014, and 81% saw themselves as home owners within 10 years. There is evidence, at least in the UK, that most households prefer owning to renting their home. Rates of owner occupation have risen in most higher income countries. However, the proportion of owner-occupiers remains much lower in some countries, and some survey evidence may overstate the number who will actually switch from renting to owning in the future. We're gonna look at motives from home buying. The motives from home buying. This section looks from an economics perspective at a possible social and economic motive for wanting to own a home. A social motive for ownership and social outcomes be visited. One powerful reason why people might want to buy their home rather than rent it for someone else has already been suggested in Chapter 2. Home owners rent to be better off than renters on a number of social and economic measures such as income, educational attainment, and health. And it is evident that, that these advantages are passed on to their children. The British longitudinal study by Lupton et al. 2019, 2009 which you read in section 2.1 of the previous chapter identified the number of disadvantages associated with living even briefly in social rented housing compared with owner occupied housing the disadvantages persisted for four generations born between 1946 and 2000 though they were worse for those born born between before 1970 for each generation every measure we used those who had been in social housing in childhood, fared worse as adults. Lupton et al, 2009, page six. In light of evidence such as this, tenants might be expected to seek an escape into own occupation, to gain the advantages that seem to go with buying a house. However, while there is strong association between own occupation and better social outcomes, it is difficult to establish direct causation running from owner occupation to social advantage, as you read in chapter 2, that is because the association might occur for the the other reasons, and it is very hard for researchers to control for all of these. Changing their housing status may not, on its own, relieve people's disadvantage if the root cause of this lies somewhere else. Establishing cause and effect relationships in the social world is always difficult, for example, it is likely that having more income and wealth enables people to buy their homes and also improves their social outcomes. Higher income, wealth, home ownership, better social outcomes. Lower income, wealth, uh, wealth rented time, worse social incomes. These arrows representing the direction of causation suggest that it is being economically better off that enables people to become owner-occupiers and also leads to their being socially better off. This would make owner-occupation an effect and not a cause of people's social advantage. So just moving families into owner-occupation without also raising their income and wealth might not improve their social situation. In addition, some research suggests that people, especially children, are disadvantaged when their household moves house frequently and that those who rented tend to move more frequently. Example: Crowley 2003, Newham and Harkness 2002, Zyle Guest and McKenna 2014. So the casual proceed process could be home ownership, long stay at the same address, better social outcomes. Rented home, frequent change of address, worse social outcomes. In this case, rent, renting is not the fundamental cause of the disadvantage, but could be removed if the household could stay at one address. Page eighty four. Home ownership, investment, wealth and equality. Chapter three. Social scientists cannot eliminate or control for all the possible sources of difference when asking to explain contrasts and outcomes. That is why, despite finding measurable difference in latter life, outcomes for owners and renters, Lupton et al. conclude women cannot be sure that these differences were caused by childhood experience of social housing. Page, uh, 2009, page 8. Why well, it might be hard to find a sample of households that differ only their housing tenant type and not in their income or wealth, in the discussion such a sample may be hard to find because of the strong tendency to switch from renting to owning when it income rises. It may be difficult to find a large group of high-income families that still rent, or low-income families that are in owner-occupation. Such a sample that contains households with identical income and wealth, which differ only by a type of tenor. It is likely to be small and unrepresentative of the majority. It may be hard to draw statistically significant results from such a sample. Page 85. Although that the causes are not known for certain, there is much research suggesting that over long periods of time, Owner-occupiers enjoy better social outcomes than renters on average. Example, Connolly, 2010, Mudler and Smith, 1999, Pollock, et al., 2004. This is often one of the reasons why governments try to promote owner-occupation. However, indirect causes of advantages such as a higher income and undetected causes of disadvantages such as frequent movement may mean that just moving people from renting to owner occupation will not improve their situation. To achieve the benefits associated with home ownership, policymakers may have to promote other factors associated with it, such as higher income and long stays in bigger houses and the better side of town. 2.2. An economic motive. Capital gains. It can be cheaper to buy a house or a flat than to rent an equivalent property That is, the monthly housing cost for owner, mainly mortgage repayment and the repair, maintenance and insurance costs incurred by owners, and often lower than the monthly rented charge to the tenants. The lower cost of ownership may be promoted by governments, for example, by making low-cost mortgage loans available. If they believe that increased owner occupation leads to better social outcomes, so what looks like individual preference for buying a house rather than renting? can be encouraged by official policies. Even if the monthly cost of buying exceeds that of renting, the prospect of eventual fuel ownership when the mortgage is paid off may still make it an attractive option. People often see home buying as an investment comparable to buying a pension plan or portfolio of shares. Some countries, including the UK, have experienced a growth in buy-to-let purchases aimed explicitly at generating rent like other Investments. A house produces a flow of income for owner-occupiers. That is the money saved by not having to pay rent. A flow that economists call the implicit rent. Also, like other investments. Also, like other investments. A house. Page 86. Home ownership, investment, wealth and inequality, capital gain, return on investment, inflation, capital gain. Rise in resale price of an asset, which can sometimes be realised as income. Return on investment. Income generated by an investment in a given period expressed as a percentage of the value of in- in- uh, investment. Inflation. Increase in the general level of prices of what or wages expressed as a percentage rise over the given period. Real return adjusted for inflation. Can deliver a capital gain if. As often happens, it can be sold in future for more than it was bought for. The income and capital gain expressed as a percentage of the original investment give the rate of return on that investment, also called return on investment, or ROI. If the ROI over a given period is greater than the rise in prices inflation over that period, the investment is said to have generated a positive real return where house price inflation has been greater than general consumer or retail price inflation in a number of OECD. Hello! it means that the house prices have risen in real terms. However, home ownership is often riskier than other investments that a household might make. House prices can fall as well as rise, inf- inflicting capital losses. If they fall a long way, the house can end up being worth less than the mortgage what was used to buy it, leaving the household in negative equity, unable to repay their debt from the proceeds of selling the house. Property is also an illiquid investment, that is, it is not necessary converted into cash, especially when the economy is not growing. Also, a house is an undiversified investment for many homeowners, it is their dominant or only asset. Most other investments can be diversified across a wide variety of company shares and other financial products. So that little is lost if one of the components fails. Despite their risk, there is a widespread belief that a property or estate investment would hold its value and an effective store of wealth over time. One way to test the accuracy of the belief is to compare changes over time in house prices and in general level of prices this is done in figure 14.2 which plots an index of the UK house price alongside the consumer price index CPI between 1996 and 2014 the CPI is an official statistical measure used to measure the rise in products of a basket of goods over a period of time does figure 3.2 confirm that house prices always rose fast on the consumer price in the UK from 1996 to 2014? In the discussion, figure 3.2 must read carefully because it is a graph with two different vertical scales. The blue line shows the annual percentage rises and falls. In the index of house prices and must be read against the left hand scale, the index varies considerably from year to year, for example, rising over 25% in 2003 and falling almost 20% in 2009. The red line shows annual percentage changes in the Consumer Price Index, CPI, and must be read against the right-hand scale. The index shows less variation. The House Price Index used here comes from the Nationwide, the UK's largest building society for most of its period, while the CPI is calculated by the Office for National Statistics. Comparison of the two lines that house prices rose much faster than consumer prices in the period 1996-2007. House prices then either fell or experienced growth consistently, lowering consumer price growth from 2008-2013. to 2013. Before house price inflation again moved above inflation in early 2014. Home buyers therefore enjoyed real inflation adjusted increases in the price of the average property for the first time in this period, but suffered a steep fall in real property values in the five years from 2008. Another way to make this comparison is by adjusting house prices for inflation and protonies, inflation adjusted house prices over time. This is done in uh, figure 3.3 which shows the price of typical house as calculated by nationwide after it has been adjusted downwards to remove the effects of general price inflation. The blue line shows the inflation adjusted price of a typical house in it each quarter from 1978. The first quarter to 2014, the first quarter, this shows that there were a sharp blue increase in the house prices from 1986 to 1992, 2008 and 2009, and 2010 and 2013. In the red line has been fitted to the quarterly price line to present a long term trend this shows how house prices rising at an average annual rate of around 2.7% in the period of 1978 to 2014 but the trend conceals considerable quarter on quarter volatility including some periods when real house prices fell very sharply you see from 2008 2010 we are pretty much meeting in the middle. Um, rented house prices have gone up dramatically by 2014. 2006 and 8 was the highest in rented accommodation prices going up. 2.2, 2.2.1 the importance of leverage of home buyer capital gains. Using in contrast of businesses, people and households cannot borrow money to invest. Home ownership is one exception to this and many countries, if our judge is sufficiently creditworthy, people can take a mortgage loan to finance part of the purchase price of a home. Of the 66% of English and Welsh households who were owner-occupiers in 2013, 34% were buying their home with a mortgage and only 32% owned their property outright, the ONS 2013. Okay. Borrowing to buy a house can multiply the capital gain if the house's price goes up. This is shown in simplified way, table 3.2, in which two families buy identical houses for £100,000. Both households make a down payment, in their initial equity in the house, and finance the rest of the price between their through and mortgage loan. As the equity is the amount they actually actually invest. Return on equity, the ROE, is the relevant return on their investment. Purchase price, family A, um, purchase price of family A, 100,000 uh, pounds. Down payment is at 80,000. My goodness, in this example, Family A have managed to save 80,000 towards its house purchase and borrows only the last 20,000. Family B manages to put down 20,000 and its down payment, bond the other 80,000. For each, there is a debt to equity ratio, that is, the amount borrowed divided by the equity for family A and its 20,000 to 80,000 equals 1.4 ratio of 25%. For family B, it is 80,000, 20,000 equals four point one ratio or four hundred percent. The debt to equity ratio is also termed leverage. So family A purchases its house buying with relatively low leverage whereas the family B this is a highly leveraged purchase. Both families later sell the houses for one hundred twenty thousand making a capital gain of twenty thousand. For family A which borrowed a relatively small amount the capital gain is just one quarter for the equity it put in. Return on equity (R.E.) in twenty-five percent for family B, which borrowed more than heavily, with capital gain of twenty thousand is equivalent to the equity given that R.E. of one hundred percent. When house prices rise, the proportional capital gains are much bigger for those who bought with less equity and more debt. Page ninety: home ownership, investment, wealth, and inequality. Look activity five. Looking at example in table three point two, what would happen to return equity if for families A and B if the house prices fell to ninety five thousand when they came to sell, would the family that borrowed more still be one that gained more? If house prices fell to fortunes of the two families example would be very different. It resale of 95,000, which means each has suffered a capital loss of 5,000. For family B, which borrowed heavily, with return on equity of 5,000 20,000 equals 25%. For family A, which borrowed a much smaller amount, the ROE is 5,000 to 80,000 equals minus 6.25%. So family B has a bigger positive ROE. When house prices rise, also suffers, suffers the bigger negative ROE. When house prices fall, the leverage multiplies the proportional capital gains in a rising property market. It also multiplies the proportional capital loss in a falling market. Summary, in a household's inclination to buy their homes when they can, may result in part from their preserving property as an investment that will preserve and expand their wealth. Buying for an investment purchase such as a house multiplies the capital gain if its price rises, but also multiplies capital loss if its price falls. Household life chances may also improve if they live in owner-occupied rather than rented accommodation, but the cause and effect are hard to demonstrate. Is there evidence that people buy houses as an investment Section 2.2 suggests two reasons why households might treat house purchases as an investment. The rise house prices might help to protect their wealth against inflation, and it might help to multiply their wealth by generating high ROE through the use of a loan. But is investment actually an important motive for house buying? One way to ask this would be to seek a group of owner occupiers. Why they bought their homes in Great Britain? The INS did this in its first in its first Wealth and Asset Survey WAS, conducted between 2006 and 2008. This survey involved a representative sample of households. Chosen to match the general population's such characteristics as income, age and housing status, as a survey of households, the WAS excluded people who are not part of such as those living in prisons, homeless, hostels, student halls of residence or long-term care homes it also did not count as personal wealth and small business owned and run by household members or any state pension entitlements the was found that the personal net wealth assets minus liabilities totaled at about nine trillion nine thousand billion or nine million in great britain in the period of 2006-2008 table 3.3 shows a breakdown of the wealth into four types property accumulated private pension contributions Financial assets such as shares and physical wealth items that hold their value and can be resold, such as artwork and collectible cars. Property, private pension, financial, physical, and total. It's giving you a percentage. Property is three thousand five hundred. Percentage of total is thirty nine percent. Private pension is three point five and thirty nine percent. Financial is one thousand, which is eleven percent. Fiscal is 1,000 uh, is 11%, total is 9,100%. We are looking at page 92, chapter 3, Home Ownership Investment and Wealth and Equality. Activity 6. The first was revealed that great Britain's household were total of £9, 9 trillion in the period 2006-2008. And that it had 25 million households. It found that mean household wealth was 2,004, 200,000, 204,000. What was Great Britain's mean household wealth in the period 2006-2008? What does it tell you about the way household wealth was distributed in its time? In the discussion for answer A. Mean household wealth in period 2006 to 8 found by dividing the total wealth by the number of households was nine million twenty five thousand twenty five thousand three hundred sixty equals three hundred sixty thousand. Answer to B: The figure is much higher than the median household wealth of two hundred four thousand, which is the wealth of the middle household in the distribution one that's wealthier than half the population less wealthier than the other. When the mean exceeds the median, it shows that household wealth is unequally dis- uh, distributed. The better of households have much greater net wealth, while it is zero or negative for the least well-off. The concentration of wealth at the higher end was confirmed by other WS findings. The 50% of households above the median own 91% of wealth, or 8.2 billion of that 9 billion total, while the 50% below the median own just 9% of Great Britain's total, 0.8 billion, Daffin 2009. Table 3.3 shows that in the period 2006-2008, households in total as much wealth tied up in property as in pension savings as before. The unequal distribution of wealth means this aggregate figure hides some had some very big differences between the situations of different households as respondents to the WIS were asked if they owned their homes. It is possible to divide the results into owners and renters, remembering that people without a home were excluded from the survey. Among the 68% who were homeowners, the median household had net property wealth, i.e. the house price minus any mortgage debt of 150000 the other 32% renting their homes had no property assets most would also have had no mortgage liabilities so that the net property wealth would be zero but within 68% of homeowners there were some whose net property wealth was less than zero in 2008 because their homes were worth less than the debt secured against them this negative equity was in many cases linked to the housing market downturn that began in the UK in 2007. Although housing forms a large part of the assets that British households accumulate over their lifetime, this does not necessarily mean that buying property as part of an investment strategy. But the was also asked to direct questions. Reported in Table 3.4, the answers to which suggest investment to be an important motivation investment in property is the best way to save for retirement having pension is the best way to save for retirement Um, in table 3.3 what percentage of respondents strongly agreed or tended to agree with the proposition that property investment is the best way to save for retirement what percentage strongly disagreed or tended to disagree with this proposition can it be inferred by the table 3.4 that house buying is more popular in pension saving as a way to prepare for retirement. According to Table 3.4, 57% of respondents showed some measure of agreement with the proposition the house purchase is the best form of retirement saving and only 70% showed a degree of disagreement. 50% showed some agreement to pensions being the best form of retirement saving. While 24% disagreed with this, results are not entirely clear as it looks as some if some respondents agreed with both propositions which is inconsistent with one option being the best note 2 there was a proposition defined investing as a way of to save this might have confused respondents because saving is usually for of putting money aside in a safe place such as a savings account whereas investment implies taking more risk to get a higher return despite these problems table 3.4 does indicate that significant proportion of British home buyers in 2006-2008 were motivated by investment, especially aimed at financing their retirement. Another way of assessing whether investment plan motiv- motivates home ownership is by looking at home, how the ownership pattern varies with different age groups for two, for two countries, Germany and the United States. Figure 3.4 shows that percentage of different age groups that owned their homes in the mid-1990s and in 2007. Does figure 4.3 show any evidence that some German households treat ownership as a form of investment for retirement? Does it prove that some German households are doing this? The data of Germany shows that in 1994 ownership was lower in the 75 to 85 range. Age group. For those aged between forty-five to seventy-four and two thousand and seven, the home ownership—wait, uh, forty-five to sem- forty-five to s- no, fifty-five to 64, 45 no, 45 to, forty-five to 74 The home ownership by by uh, peaked in the 55-64 age group and was lower for those in older age groups. This might provide evidence that some households did bought houses and paid off their mortgage while working and sold their houses, moving back to rent when they retired, but there could be other reasons for difference. So this could not be conclusive evidence on its own. Evidence on people's motives for an action can be gathered directly by asking them why they took it, or indirectly by observing the outcomes of inferring what they were trying to achieve. The survey evidence suggests that in Great Britain in 2000, investment for retirement was an important motive for home buying. Evidence that some homeownership rates were higher for older working age households than for younger or retired households found, for example, in Germany is consistent with households investing in property to fund retirement, but it does not prove that this is their motive. Housing and distribution of wealth When house prices are rising compared with other prices, homeowners can employ capital gains that make them wealthier. The potential wealth gained from home ownership were explained in section 2.2.1. Using a simplified example by what evidence is there, that the increase in home ownership has made the distribution of wealth more equal and unequal. Table 3.5 summarizes the distribution of wealth in Great Britain and gives some indication of how this changed during the period of 2000 2005. House, housing wealth is what owners could obtain from selling their property minus any loans secured against it or their equity in the property as defined in section 2.2.1, financial wealth is the balance between financial assets, example shares and bonds, or financial liabilities or debts, except those such as the home mortgages that were included in the calculation of housing wealth. Table 3.5 shows how wealth was distributed in the years 2000, 2005. It does so by defining the sample population representative of Great Britain as a whole, into percentiles each representing 1% of the population. For example, if someone in the 90th percentile, 10% of the population are above them in the distribution. Wealth with more wealth, 90% are below them. With less in 2005, total wealth of £369 and eighty eight hundred sixty six pounds would have put someone in 90th percentile. Someone in the 25th percentile is wealthier than the lowest 25%, but less wealth than the top 75%. Someone in the percent percentile has more wealth than the other half population, less wealth than the other half. As it is right in the middle of the distribution, the 50th percentile is more usually called the medium. Activity 9. Is there evidence in table 3.5 that housing wealth is more equally distributed than financial wealth? Is there evidence that it evidence that the rise in the house price between 2000 and 2005 made wealth distribution more equal? What is the difference? One way to assess inequality of wealth distribution is to look at the gap between an upper and a lower percentile, such as the 90th and the 10th, or the 75th and the 25th table. 3.5 shows that in both years, housing wealth was more unequally spread to financial wealth, mainly because the wealth of people own much more in housing than in financial assets however the least well off 25% of the population in both years had negative financial wealth with more debts and assets this was worse than, no, than their housing wealth situation with, z, with merely zero because they didn't own any property or have any mortgage secured against it both types of wealth and therefore total wealth were very unequally distributed, with the concentration of large fortunes at a higher and above of the 90th percentile and large debts with no assets at the lower end below the 10th percentile this can be seen from the mean which is the total amount of wealth divided by the total population when as here the mean is a long way before the median it indicates that a small number of people in the upper percentiles have a very large amount of wealth. This concentration of wealth at the top is consistent with the findings from the Wealth and Assets Survey, (WAS) Report in Table 3.3, the British Household Panel Survey. The source of data in Table 3.5 shows owner mean and median wealth than the w- there was, WAS, mainly because it refers to early years and defines wealth more narrowly page 98 ladies and gentlemen we've got a couple more pages and we're going to call that the reading for today and I'm really overwhelmed that you guys are following the reading Um, it means a lot to me it means an awful lot we're getting to the pages of mapping home which I'm quite overwhelmed about I'm quite overwhelmed about that uh, page 90, 98 Between two thousand two thousand five, 2005 a period when house prices rose, people with housing wealth enjoyed a large increase. People with financial wealth also saw it rise substantially into, in real terms, but the proportional increase was not as great. This is consistent with the capital gain from leveraged house purchases. That was suggested by the simplified example of families A and B in section 2.2.1. However, during the time the situation of people with no housing wealth is the lowest 25 percentiles get got even worse they did not acquire any property and moved further into debt overall debt this supports a what a, a, a widely held finding from studies of wealth on oecd countries that home ownership was benefited middle income households who can't afford it with their help of mortgages but thereby widen their differential over Lower-income households who cannot, who cannot, their growth of a true patrimonial or propertied middle class was a principal structure of transformation of distribution of wealth in the developed countries in the 20th century. Piketty, 2004. Both housing and financial wealth are very unequally distributed. House purchases have contributed to narrowing the wealth gap between the middle-income and high-income households. House prices rise, rises may have widened with the uh, wealth gap between households with property and those without. Problems arising from housing investment. After rising for most of the 20th century, the proportion of home owners declined in some OECD. Countries earlier in in England and Wales, it reached peak of 69% in 2001. at ONS 2013. One interference from this is that some people who previously owned their homes were forced to return to renting, but this is not actually shown by the data. The ONS explained its findings as follows: Over the decade to 2011, the number of owner-occupied households in England and Wales remained more or less unchanged, about 15 million. While the number of households increased, this means that overall proportion of owner occupied households fell by 5% points to stand to 64%. This number of households were renting up to 1.6 million to 8.3 million. In practice, there was little change to, in the absolute number of home owners in the period 2002 to 2011. Instead, the number of households increased, partly because the population rose due to migration and natural increase and notably through more people, young and old, living on their own. Most of these new households moved into rented accommodation, reducing the proportion of households who were owner-occupiers. 5.1 Social Problems Generation Rent By the early 2000s, the sustained rise in house prices was making it increasingly difficult for new, young households to buy in their home. Although UK house prices dropped substantially in the period 2007-2008, as shown in figures 3.2 and 3.3 they subsequently rose again mortgages for the first time buyers become more difficult to obtain partly because applicants were typically asked for the larger down payments deposits even though the incomes were not increasing in real terms this led to the concern of younger people even with their their own children were finding it harder to climb onto the housing ladder would be part of the generation rent, who'd miss out on the social and economical advantages their parents had gained from home ownership. Several years after the crisis, evidence still suggested that the lack of affordable housing was forcing new households to continue renting in a stage of life when their parents' generation is expected to buy. The 2011 census found that of adults aged between 20 to 34, 24% in England, and 28 percent in wales were still living with their parents most cited lack of affordable housing as the main reason despite 75 percent of them being in paid work shelter 2014 jessup and humphrey 2014 found that in 2011 35 percent and 20 to 45 year olds say themselves as having no real prospect of buying a home in the next five years mostly because of unaffordability by 2014 that figure had risen to 36 percent the average tenant in england in 2012 to 13 spent 40 percent of their income on rent in comparison to average owner homeowner spent 20 percent on many tenants saving for saving up the deposit they needed before buying a house as a consequence the proportion of adults under 35 in england with a mortgage declined from 21 percent in 2008 to nine. To eighteen percent in two thousand twelve to thirteen, while the proportion of twenty five to thirty four year olds renting privately rose to thirty one percent in two thousand eight to two thousand nine, to forty five percent in two thousand twelve to two thousand thirteen. DCLG two thousand fourteen. Throughout the period of sustained house prices rise from nineteen ninety seven two thousand seven. Government policies aimed to make housing more affordable by relaxing planning con- uh, constraints, on housing, house builders to encourage new supply and promoting ownership and help buyers make their own down payments and raise loans. But at the time, governments had a strong interest in continued house prices increase, which made housing less affordable from buying and renting because a majority of adults were owner Rising house prices were important for promoting expenditure and income growth. Watson 2010, and for maintaining electoral electoral popularity, owner-occupiers' interest in capital appreciation, clashed with the new households. Interest in affordable rent and starter properties making it difficult for public policy to satisfy the needs of both groups. Page 101. Economic problems, the 2008 crisis. The sharp correction in house prices arose in Europe and the United States, evident by 2008, was part of the global financial crisis that pushed money economies into deep recession, followed by several years of slow growth and falling real incomes. 5.2.1 What Caused the Credit Crunch? The treatment of homes as an investment in in the years leading up to the crisis by households and the banks that lent to them featured many explanations of what happened. Example, Turner 2019, Islam 2013, encouraged by the prospect of capital gains as illustrated in section 2.2. Many people who had previously rented their homes decided to buy them, often taking large mortgage loans to make up for the fact that they could only afford a small deposit. These were risky loans because they made up a high percentage of their buying price, leaving little equity. And were often made up to subprime households. Lenders offered them in part because they were expected a growing the economy to raise borrowers' incomes and expand their equity as the house prices rose. With the number of buyers growing faster and the number of sellers, house prices rose much faster than the other prices as illustrated for the UK. In figure three point three, policymakers encouraged this growth in mortgage borrowing by holding holding interest rates. Cost of borrowing very low by two thousand seven. Policymakers were aware that it might be land house prices in bubble to develop rapid growth of mortgage borrowing when causing rapid growth of house prices, which then encouraged more people to take out mortgage loans, but governments and central banks which is set interest rates were afraid to raise them. In the case arrested the growth of mortgage lending and made house prices drop. Despite this caution Mortgage lending suddenly stopped growing in 2018 and house prices dropped sharply. Houses become too expensive that an increasing number of households cannot afford to buy them, even if they could still take big loans. Banks were less willing to make new mortgage loans, realizing that borrowers would have difficulty paying them back. The consequent credit crunch, a sudden stoppage of lending for business investment as well as home house investment of course, there's a drop in national income, and income in many houses of many households, the U.S. and much of Europe. Job losses and pay cuts left owners occupied struggling to keep payments on their mortgages. The reduction in spending worsened to the fall in GDP. Some individual household decisions to use housing as investments can have unintended consequences for the society around them. One my, uh, one effect may, may be to make housing much more expensive for the next generation of house buyers. Borrowing for home investment or making some household wealthier has to be linked to 2008 financial crisis and the serious economic downturn that followed. <coughs> Looking at the conclusion, in the light of the evidence that countries experience a shift from renting home ownership as they grow richer this chapter reviewed some of the cause the consequent increased for owner occupation. In the first, we privatised the question of whether home ownership, rather than renting, can be shown to improve people's life experiences, highlighting the difficulty of this entangling housing for other sources of social advantage and, and disadvantage. In them, focus on how homes can serve an investment, whether this is a significant motive for buying them and the wider wider social impacts of people using housing to boost their wealth. Widespread purchasing of housing using mortgages loans was shown to have measurable impacts on wealth inequality, reducing some parts of the distribution in some periods but increasing in others, borrowing and buying decisions that may have made sense for individual households and their lenders may have had adverse consequences on a larger scale at a latter time, the economic distribution caused by fluctuation in home lending and the intergenerational inequality that may result in the rise in house prices reveal how homes and investment assets can become a source of policy making contention. Governments want housing to be affordable so that people do not become homeless or dependent on the state or benefits paid for accommodation when a majority of people are homeowners governments also benefit if house prices keep rising enabling people to borrow and spend more so boosting production and employment that's page 103 that is done that chapter ladies and gents next chapter will be chapter 4 mapping home which will be doing I might even start that page tomorrow ladies and gents but um, thank you all for tuning in that was um, Investigating the Social World 1, Module DD-103, edited by Corinne Merji. Um, that is in Home Ownership, Chapter 3, Home Ownership, Investment, Wealth and Inequality by Alan Shipman. There will be a recording on my cast box, so you can follow that there, ladies and gents. Um, you have to research it through, you have to subscribe to my channel and have a little research, you should be able to find it thank you all so much have a wonderful monday afternoon god bless i'll be back later this evening to read these pages again Um, i like to read things twice page 77 to page 100 and page 103 thank you all take care god bless